Welcome to Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real. My name is Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who participate in ShareYourStories.online. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Scott Carruthers of Foolproof Bookkeeping. He has a niche market business with an online solution for restaurateurs. Scott joins us today from Hamilton. Welcome. Hi, thanks, Trish. It's, uh, it's great to talk to you again here. You know what? I am really, really curious because when I was reading your bio or the story that you shared on the guest blog, one of the things that you mentioned was a Red Seal chef. So I want to hear what the heck is a Red Seal chef because I have no idea what that means. It's just the the journey person certification in Canada. So um, cooking is still considered a trade by the, the Ministry of Training. Uh, so just like becoming an, an, a certified electrician or plumber, you can become a certified uh, yeah. chef or cook. So. so it's like number of hours that you've been in the kitchen as well as class time and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, it's a, it's an apprenticeship like all of the others. So probably I'd say a little bit easier than becoming an electrician. But uh, yeah, you, you go through class time and hours and then you write a test and uh, and that's it. You get it for life. You know, one of the one of the strange things about the chef one is that you, you get it for life. You don't have to upgrade. Wow. It's not like, you know, they don't change the cooking standards the way they change electrical and plumbing standards. Right, you know, right. So. so you don't have to actually have like continuing education units every year in order to maintain your license or anything like that. No, no, that's right. Interesting. Now, I know you've had a really very colorful career in the restaurant business. So you started off as a chef and then you went into teaching and then you kind of went to back of the house, as they call it, into the administration side of the business. So tell us what was the light bulb moment that you had where you felt that you wanted to start the journey of being a chef? Um, I mean, I guess my life in general isn't light bulb moments so much. The whole thing, I describe it in the in the story, it's a, it's dimmer switches for me. Things happen uh -huh. slowly. It takes a while. I love that word. I love that word. Um so for me, I mean, I had I went to university in Waterloo uh, and I had worked in uh, health food there and was, was in the health food industry for a number of years. I had cooked in high school, like in, in some, some local pubs in Woodstock. And um, it, basically what it came down to is I decided to move to London for some reason uh, after Waterloo and I couldn't find a job in the health industry. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be cooking, I might as well get my papers and, and make more money and, you know, work my way up and. Um, you know, if you want to be a, a head chef at a big hotel, you need your Red Seal and a bunch of other stuff, you know, in your back pocket. So um, that, that was kind of it for me. It was just it was just one of those like, well, if this is what I'm going to do, then I might as well do a better job of it. You know, right, right. Yeah. Well, kudos to you, because, you know, there are, um, as you say, a numbers of different I mean, we all go to restaurants, right? There's everything from, you know, food trucks now to you know, five-star hotels or Michelin-rated star hotels. So the journey of, of being a chef can be wide and varied. So kudos to you for making the commitment to uh, become a Red Seal chef. Now, tell your dimmer switch, as to use your own uh, terminology there, tell me a little bit about why you decided to open Foolproof Bookkeeping. Um, yeah, so that's a bit of a long story. I'll, I'll keep it short for you. But uh, basically, as you described my my career, you know, cooking and chefing and, uh, you know, I worked for a, a national chain uh, managing the training department and I taught at Fanshawe College for a number of years and ended up working in operations uh, for a restaurant group uh, here in Hamilton. 
And then it, the, the group kind of grew and grew, you know, as they opened more locations, it was like, oh, somebody needs to really start paying attention to the numbers here because, right. you know, things can go sideways quickly. So, uh, and in, in my whole chef career, I had been focused on the numbers. I'm, I'm good at uh, running a kitchen and making it profitable and understanding labor and cost of goods and that kind of thing. So I was like, well, I guess I'll do it. Uh, and then if I'm going to do it, then I better understand it better. So I um, enrolled in McMaster in the accounting program and uh, started doing those courses. And as I was doing them, I, it turned out that it's something that I enjoyed doing. And, right. you know, most people don't enjoy accounting. So when you do, you, you automatically have a bit of a niche there. Yeah. Um, and, and it just kind of progressed from there. And then I started doing the books for a couple of my friends on the side who had their own businesses and just needed a little bit of help and that kind of stuff. And then at some point it just, uh, I, I've had my own business before a couple of times. In my first one, I was a partner in a business and then I had started up a, a manufacturing business and I, which I eventually sold. And so I knew I always wanted to get back to working for myself. I really enjoy it. I like the lifestyle of flexibility and I just needed to figure out what that business model was going to be and, and bookkeeping um, works for me because I can do it from anywhere uh, in the world. I can do it at any time of day. If I wake up early or I'm staying up late or I want to take a Tuesday off, I can work on a weekend and uh, the, the model just really works for my life. And it's the kind of work that I enjoy and that I'm good at uh, and that I can train other people to do, which I think is a key for, you know, building a, a firm. Um, for sure. For so sure. it's kind of, I don't know how it came about. So, you know, what's really interesting is that it's an online solution for restaurateurs, obviously. So you've chosen the niche of continuing to provide services to folks in an industry that you're very familiar with. So say, let's say that I own a restaurant and I'm struggling with the books and I'm, you know, having lots of difficult, I can't find somebody to do it and I don't have time. And as you say, most folks who are in a, the creative end of the business, like the cooking, certainly do not want to pick up the, the pencil with a big eraser and start doing the books. It's like, that's the last thing they want to do. So how would you, what types of things would you tell me that you could do for me that would be different than me hiring just, you know, someone to come into my restaurant and, and do the books, you know, a couple times a week or once a week? I mean, I guess, uh, you know, one of the first things I do is I get rid of all the paper. Uh, everything goes digital. So, you know, even your paper invoices and stuff, you only store them for, uh, three months when you're working with me as opposed to seven years um, like you have to wow. I mean we store them digitally for seven sure. years yeah for sure. got the CRA covered that's a big thing you know yeah for sure uh, a, a lot of my a lot of my clients can't stand all the legislation and regulation so a big part of what I cover off is you know making sure that all the filings are done that everything you need to do for the government is up to date and current um, and then I, I you know the, the, the key difference that I bring to the table from other bookkeepers who have moved to the cloud is that I understand the business. I, right. When I'm looking at invoices, I know what they mean. I know what they're for. I know if you're running a bar that those lines aren't, uh, you know, a cost associated with food. They're a cost associated with selling cocktails. And I know how to categorize things properly. I can expedite the process, speed things up. I understand your labor, your payroll. So when we're reviewing the financials, which I review financials with all my clients, um, I'm not just sending you a P&L and a balance sheet and saying here, I don't know what it means, good luck, or right. uh, here's your cost of goods, but I have no idea what the industry standard is or the standard for your style of, of restaurant or bar or whatever. So uh, I understand those. I work with a lot of other restaurants uh, and bars and food service providers. So I, I know what's happening in the industry. I, I see the trends. I follow it. I can say, 
oh, you had a bad couple of weeks, but so did everybody else. I, you know, I don't know what happened. I don't know exactly why, but you're in line with what's going on in the industry as, as a whole. And those are the kinds of things I can bring to the table that, you know, somebody and, and not knocking it, there's lots of great bookkeeping firms out there sure. that have, you know, that, that do work for 25 or 30 different industries, but it's yeah. not something I want to do. I don't want to try and learn that many different industries. Sure. And, and I know I can't provide expert advice and that's, ultimately what it comes down to is, you know, you got to have clean records and then you've got to get good advice and, and make good decisions based on those records. And, you and know, that's what I can help restaurant. That is so important for sure, because, you know, you know, lots of folks think that the restaurant business is easy, right? Oh, I'll just get a shingle. I'll buy some, you know, cooking equipment and, you know, I'll hire a chef and, you know, buy food and everybody's going to, you know, take my mom's recipes and everyone's going to love what I do. Um, but there's so much more to, to the business than just, having a great chef and, you know, finding a super location. So I love the fact that you're providing folks with some of your experience and you take a look at the industry trends. That's a really great point in that, you, you know, you take a look at what's happening in the industry and then you can help folks decide where they need to pivot in the business. So you're not just doing the, the books, you're almost providing them with some coaching opportunities as well. Yeah, I try to. And I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, without being pushy, like it's not, I, I'm not going to tell you how to run your business, but no, I can tell right. you what the numbers mean. And if right. you're trying to make changes, you know, I can, I can help, help you understand how effective those changes have been or, or are going to be. And, uh, you know, I also do some forecasting and cash flow analysis and that kind of stuff. So if you're thinking of making changes or opening another location or doing that kind of stuff, uh, you know, I can work pretty closely with people to help them understand what the bank account's going to look like when they do those yeah. things. Yeah. So tell us, I mean, we're just coming out of obviously a really difficult time for folks in the, in the restaurant business. And, you know, it's no secret that everybody's, you know, wrestling with, I'm sure, uh, future planning because, you know, they're trying to regroup and recoup the, some of the losses that they've had over the last few months. So uh, in terms of your colleagues, I'm sure you have, you know, brainstorming sessions and you're talking about industry standards and what, what are we looking for for the future? So what are the, what's the forecast for, say, the next three to six months in your industry? I think the next three to six months are going to be okay. The, the interesting part comes for a lot of people about a year from now. Um, you know, a lot of these loans that the government gave out are coming due. Uh, and, and they, you know, some of them are, are pretty good in that they can roll over into other term loans. But it's more about, okay, you've been able to scrape through and get buying. You got some wage subsidies, but that's kind of winding down. And right. you got some rent subsidies, but that's over now. And, mm -hmm. you know, these loan programs are kind of over now. And when, when that money starts coming due, it's like if you're used to a, a business that, you know, if you're doing well, it's operating at a 5% profit margin. And now you have to repay this debt. Um, that's where the struggle is going to be for a lot of people. And if you don't have a good plan on how you're going to do that, uh, and you don't understand the full structure of, of what these loan programs are, because they're they're a little bit complicated. I was going to say, I'm sure they're not easy to understand. No, it's it's uh, then you can put yourself in a bad position. So you might be feeling like things are okay right now, but you know we're going to get into January and sales are going to dip again, and right. um, and then you're going to have to start figuring out how you're going to handle your cash flow. So I think the next few months will be okay. Uh, you know, a year from now, we'll probably see some more closures. Um, and then of course, in Ontario, they just announced the, the increase in minimum wage again. So your server wage is going to go up by almost 20% and which is, you know, half That's of your a lot. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a big hit. So, yeah. um, you know, Doug's trying to win an election and, uh, uh, 
and the restaurants are going to take another hit for it. So yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Well, I love the forecasting that you do because, um, you know, I think everybody in the in, you know, entrepreneurial world is taking a look at the sort of three, six, nine month plan. Whereas before we were able to plan longer, you know, it would be a year. You'd look from year to year. But I think to your point, you need to be a little more strategic and, and shrink that time down to something that's a little bit more manageable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've got lots of clients who are like, you know, month to month, we're adjusting things and taking a look at it because right. things have changed. <clears throat> things are changing so quickly. So quickly, yeah. yeah depending sure. on where you are and the regulations that are in that area. So tell me a little bit about everyone has a sweet spot in terms of the, you know, the type of client base that they find is the most of interest to them. Because I mean, you know, we, we try to attract like minded folks, you, you've picked a niche market, you know, you know, a lot about that industry, you can help in so many different ways. So if you if I was a, a restaurateur, and I was looking for s someone like yourself, because you're providing so much more than just taking a look at the numbers, uh, what are some of the things in my business that I would review before I reached out to you? Well, that's a good question. That's actually one I don't get a lot. I mean, I, um, you know, I've got a full list of questions that I usually ask people, oh, and, sure. and that gets them going. But uh, you know, even the, the type of business that you've, you've started, whether you're incorporated or a partnership, makes a big difference in how you're going to operate things. I mean, what should you be looking at internally? First, first you want to see if your records are accurate. You know, if you're, if you're not getting clean books, then it's irrelevant. You know, any decisions you, you base off them are, are not relevant. So uh, the first thing you want to do is make sure that the information that you're seeing is, is correct. And if it's not, then you've got a problem and then you need to do something about it. If it is, then, you know, maybe you just need a little more support or advice or, or um, coaching or consulting or something. But uh, the, the first thing that you need to do is, I mean, I, I guess the easiest way to do it is to look at your bank statement and, and look at your balance sheet. And does the balance sheet match the bank statement? And if it doesn't, you've got a problem. Then you have to dig a little deeper, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and and I say that, and I, I, I know it's it's kind of like a no-brainer, but you, it's amazing to me how many times I get new clients because things are such a mess, and it's like, oh, the, the balance sheet shows that I've got negative $50,000, but I obviously don't, and it's like, well, yeah, how did we get yeah. here? You know? Yeah. You know, one of the other things I think, too, is, uh, you know, entrepreneurship, when we're coming out of a uh, challenging time, sometimes we push those things to the side because... Well, I'll, I'll leave that to, you know, to till the end of the month or next month, because, you know, I'm kind of running at Mach 2 with my hair on fire right now. And I'm just trying to get myself back into the groove. So I'll push the numbers to the back and they'll take care of themselves. So um, that that's a really good point. You know, you, you have to sort of take the time or make the time um, to start to compare those numbers. That's a really great point. One of the things that we mentioned in the guest blog is we ask folks to share three words of advice. And your three words are read listen, and systemize. So tell us why those three words are so important, not only for you, but for the clients that you work with. Yeah, okay, so uh, reading, I mean, I think that if you're gonna be servicing any industry, you need to be on top of it, and you need to be aware of what's going on currently. And, and I think reading is just a valuable thing in general. I mean, I, you know, I, I read several newspapers every day, and as well as subscribe to a lot of industry blogs and uh, things like that. And, and, and kind of stuff. I think it's important to understand, you know, where the economy is going in general, where an industry is going in general, what the, the next trends are likely to be in that industry. 
uh, if you're going to service, you know, especially like me, if you're going to niche and you're going to focus on, you know, just a few industries, you need to be a bit of an expert in those industries. And it's not enough to say, you know, I worked in restaurants for 20 years. So therefore, 10 years from now, I'll still know what's going on. It's, you have to stay current and stay on top of it. And, and you know, in, in the world of, of bookkeeping and finance and, and government regulations, they also change all the time. So you have to be aware of what the new standards are and what the reporting needs to be. So I think reading is is a big part of my job and it's often factor into my day when I'm like blocking out hours, but I spend a lot of time reading and, uh, and it's an important thing, I think, for a lot of people and restaurateurs as well. I mean, all the good restaurateurs I know are reading cookbooks all the time if they're chefs or they're reading, they're staying on top of the trends as well, not just going to trade shows, but reading a lot of articles and subscribing to blogs and, and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Great. Um, listen for me is um, just about understanding what, um, you know, I think I know what most restaurants need in terms of, of their books, but it, it, it might not be true and it, it definitely is going to change over time. So mm-hmm. I try to, you know, every time I have a conversation with my clients about uh, their financials or their statements or whatever, it's it's just listening to what their pain points are and then understanding, do I have the skill set and, and the know-how to, to help solve those? Or if I don't, do I know somebody that I can refer them to? Because ultimately at the end of the day, I just want everybody to be successful. You know, if, if my clients are successful, then I'm successful and everybody moves forward. So just trying to understand their pain points and people often don't come right out and tell you it's, it's part of the conversation and it's just part of listening and paying attention to what's, what's on their mind. And then, and then system systems, you know, for me are key, uh, you know, in the restaurant business itself, systems are key. You've got to have good systems for all of your prep and your service. And it's the same with bookkeeping. Uh, and it's the same, I think, with any business, if you plan on scaling it, like if I was just going to be an independent and I was going to bookkeep just myself I wouldn't need that many systems. It, I'd make life a bit easier. But if, you know, if I want to be able to add staff and employees and make sure that everybody's getting that that high level of service that I promise when, when I bring you on, uh, you know, I need systems and, and processes in place to make it happen. And I, I think that's the case with, with most businesses. I think that's very true. And, you know, I love the fact that you you have incorporated and brought some systems into your own business based on your experience, but also based on the idea that you're, you're providing a service that's far beyond just the numbers. So kudos to you. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of folks in your industry that will seek out um, the, the services of your particular company because you do so much more um, than just concentrate on the numbers. So I certainly uh, wish you all the best in the in your future endeavors as you expand your business. Wait, you'll have to come back on in another year when you can tell me a little bit about the expansion of uh, foolproof bookkeeping. So thank Great. you for joining Love me. To. Thanks, Trish. To the viewing and listening audience, I hope you enjoyed our discussion today as we introduced you to the person behind the logo. And if you would like to share your story with us, please visit the website, shareyourstories.online. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next week.